Hey there, story fiends, and welcome back to the podcast that truly believes there are stories everywhere. This is their Stories Everywhere with Aledria Hurt. I am your hostess, Aledria Hurt, and this week we're doing a short called The Fool. Once again, we're doing stories from our Stories on Fire January, so here we go. The Fool by Aledria Hurt. The fool took us all by surprise. Princess Erin looked out over the assembled, but mostly at the young man who had been her father's jester for some time. He was himself a prince, of albeit a much smaller kingdom than her own, but a prince nonetheless. She had grown to care for him during his time in their court. However, the winds of change appeared to be roaring through. The first inklings things were changing came when the communication between an outpost along the southern border was lost. Their southern border lay against the hostile lands they kept at bay through mere strength of arms and a treaty which required the fighting men of their kingdom report to the stronger kingdom to join its army. It kept things in the region stable, but always slightly on edge. Aaron disagreed with her father's approach, but it had worked for his father and the father before that, so it stayed. Yet as she stared into the eyes of the jester, she knew his name, but could not call it to save her life. She knew things had changed completely. With a fearful sob, she watched as those who came into the court systematically murdered everyone she had known all her life until she and her father remained. Her father, drunk on his throne, had not sobered despite the happenings. He still thought this some kind of play or farce meant to entertain him. He roared for more bloodshed like the foolish drunkard that he was. Aaron, however, clung to the arms of her throne and refused to move lest her motion bring the sword of one of the invaders to her throat. How had this come to pass? She thought frantically. Certainly they had the defenses to stop it from occurring, yet no one came to their aid. Soon the marble floor ran with blood which had nowhere to go but pool beneath the bodies it had come from. Finally, it seemed Aaron and her father were the last left alive. King Carwin clapped at the spectacle, and Aaron, horrified, turned to look at him. Red-faced as though he were far from sober, which she had gathered hours before, he looked more the jester than the younger man who wore the clothes. The jester, a smile on his lips, turned toward the red-faced monarch and brought a sword with him when he began to mount the steps toward the throne. Aaron tried not to even breathe. Her circlet felt heavy on her head as she tried to keep her quaking body still. Certainly her position was a precarious one, one which offered her no quarter. If the jester should decide to end her life, there was absolutely nothing she could do. However, another impulse rose inside her. 
the impulse to save her father, who despite his failings was her only remaining parent, her mother having gone before them both in childbirth of a stillborn son. The jester stopped a few feet from the drunk monarch and then whipped the sword up to the man's throat. Aaron saw the point as it dragged a line across her father's skin, leaving behind a bloody mark, yet he did not plunge it in. Not yet. He raised his voice to speak. Do you yield to me all that is yours? The question seemed unnecessary with so many dead and dying on the floor below. Certainly, her father, who had not raised a sword to anyone in the entirety of his reign, could not hope to fight off those who stood arrayed before them. There, usually, were guards aplenty in the castle, guards at every door and every window, it seemed. Aaron had grown up with that awareness. There would always be someone watching over her. Yet now, there was no one. Now she sat alone in the face of one who threatened her father and obviously meant to end the man's life. Aaron let out a shuddering breath, fear inhabiting every inch of her form. There was nothing she could do. Nothing. When the jester plunged the blade into her father's throat and he began to gurgle, she screamed. And the jester whipped around toward her, splattering blood on her face and dress. Horror grew as the blood dripped into her eyes. She would be dragged away in chains if she even survived the next few moments now that the jester remembered her presence. Of course, there was nothing she could do about that either. There was death looming close, and Aaron was fearful. However, she had to wonder in the way of those who walked to the gallows, wondered if the death might not be the better of the options to the imprisonment, certainly in her future. Whatever cage she inhabited, she would know it a cage. Thus, there was a freedom in choosing death over that. The distance between the two thrones did not seem terribly far, little more than a few steps, but it took him long enough to cover it that at first Aaron thought he would leave her to herself. However, that was not to be. He approached. Bloodied sword in hand, he approached, and she sat there waiting for her death, waiting for the blade to pierce her and darkness to take her. Of course there would be pain, but it would end. Of course there would be blood, but she already wore the blood of her father. There was nothing to be said for what was about to happen, other than that it would be worth it, worth the end. Let her kingdom die in its entirety. The jester stopped before her throne. His sword gathered loosely in one hand. He did not immediately do anything, and Aaron did nothing as well. They simply surveyed one another as though there were a chance things could be different than what they were. Then he smiled and offered her his hand. Aaron, 
at first, stared at the offered hand as though there had to be a viper hidden in his palm, yet there was nowhere for such a serpent to hide. Open-palmed, he offered his hand, and she, after far too long waiting, took it. He pulled her gently from her throne. I would do you no harm, he said. None. But Aaron's words stuck in her throat. She had envisioned her death so minutely that it seemed this was little more than a dream of one who was dying. Could she feel the flow of blood down her torso, soaking into the fabric of her dress? Had he stabbed her and she simply didn't know it yet, her mind too full of possibility to notice? I would have you for a queen, he continued, as though her word had not happened. My queen. His place as a prince was not lost on her, yet she knew he would hold her forever at arm's length, aware of her previous life as the child of the monarchy murdered. Aaron, fear in every single thought, wondered at his offer. It meant life. It meant a cage, but a cage of her choosing, which would be gilded for her, the bars of gold and servants to attend to her every need, no different than the one she had lived in under her father. Her right hand went down to his, caressing the fingers which held the blade. No different than the one she had lived in under her father. How many years had she lived with the knowledge she would be a bird forced to sing for its supper so long as he was alive? Now he was dead, his body growing cold, slumped on the throne where he had sat for so many years too long. Now she had a chance to be someone else, yet she would have this, a golden cage made by a prince willing to kill everyone in order to get what he wanted. Aaron tried to smile, but it came out broken and painful. The jester let his own fade, as if he could not understand why she hesitated so long over the reality of becoming his bride and queen. She grabbed the hand with the blade. Strength in her fingers she would have hardly credited and brought it up. He did not fight her as she used his own sword to stab herself in the belly. He looked at her with disbelief. Erin felt the blood run down her torso, soaking into the fabric of her dress and forcing itself from her mouth. She did not speak, not even to try and explain. Instead, she let him go, and she hung there, suspended in his arms, as the last of her life left her. And there you have it, story fiends, The Fool, the final story of Princess Erin, which I always kind of like those stories where things take a little bit of a strange turn. I mean, truthfully, it's not that strange. She had a choice either die or be in a cage for the rest of her life. So taking the choice that she made 
was not to be a surprise. Anyway, as always, if you've got thoughts, feel free to reach out to me here on the podcast. You are welcome, of course, to drop me a line at my email. That is aledria at aledriahurt.com. Don't forget that I've got some pieces out, so feel free to grab some from where ebooks are sold. And as always, kiss the ones you love, rock the life you want, and happy reading!